In 2 Samuel 3, we've been looking at this man, Abner, and we've called him a fence sitter. Do you know a friend who's a fence sitter? Man, it's quite an image when you think of a fence sitter because it's someone who has a foot in Christ and a foot in the world, and they haven't made up their mind. If you picture a picket fence, you've got the image. It's not a comfortable place to be. Today, we're gonna explore more about the fence sitter, see what we can learn more about that, and decide which king and kingdom we're going to serve today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. So now Abner starts making these grand statements. He says, may God do so to Abner and more also if the Lord uh, has sworn, if, if as the Lord has sworn to David, I do not accomplish for him to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul to establish the throne of David. I think this is the first mention of the throne of David, by the way, over Israel and over Judah from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. And he could no longer, Ishbosheth could no longer answer Abner a word because he was afraid of him. So basically, when confronted, Abner the fence sitter says, okay, if you don't like what I did, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make David the king of everything. Since I'm the one that propped you up anyway, you've lost me, man. And out Abner goes to make David the king. Some of you have Abners in your life. You're frozen by fear. You won't confront the person. You won't deal with it. And so it goes on. And Ishbosheth was frozen. He was apparently <clears throat> a weak man. He didn't want to fight. And so Abner's allegiance now is going to shift to King David. He was a bandwagon type of guy. But the only reason that Ishbosheth was on the throne in the first place was because of Abner. Abner controlled him, all because of fear. Now Abner, verse 12, sent messengers to David in his place, and he said, Whose is the land? Make your covenant with me, and behold, my hand shall be with you to bring all Israel over, you, uh, over to you. So now, the question, who controls the land, I think, shows Abner's true heart. He thinks he controls everything. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And by the way, Abner is going to fall hard at the end of this chapter. But right now he's playing both sides and he sends messengers to David. And he says, look, I'll, I'll give you the kingdom. I'll put it into your hands. And he said, David said, good. I will make a covenant with you. Should David have done that? I'll let you decide that. But I demand one thing of you, said David, namely, you shall not see my face unless you first bring Michal or Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see me. So David sent a message back and he said, I want my wife back. This was a woman that David had gotten from Saul, Saul's daughter. And uh, Saul took her away from David because he hated him. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 18, 20 that she loved David. In 1 Samuel 19, 11 through 17, she lied to her father to protect David. But Saul gave her to a, a man named Palti. A lot of wives here now. A lot going on. This is David's first wife, as far as I can recall. And he had lost her, but now he wanted her back. And she came from the house of Saul, so there was some symbolic stuff going on. I heard of a man who 
went into a store and he saw a very pretty woman. And he said to her, you look like my third wife. And she said, how many times have you been married? He said, twice. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, give me my wife, Michael, to whom I was betrothed for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband, from Paltiel, the son of Laish. But her husband went with her, weeping as he went, and followed her as far as Baharim. Then Abner said to him, go return. So he returned. Now here's the sad scene. She's taken from this second marriage, this other marriage, and she's going to be given back to David, which seems like it should be correct, but the husband who is married to her now is like behind this procession, weeping, no, no, no. And I don't know how she felt. I know she loved David at one time, but I don't know. I don't know what her emotions were, but the husband's weeping, and basically he's told, go back home. And in some ways, maybe this is David claiming the, the whole kingdom since she's the, from the household of Saul. Now Abner, verse 17, had consultation with the elders of Israel. He said, in times past, you were seeking for David to be king over you. Now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, by the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. We'll see that these words really match prophecies or words given about David. That David would rule. Uh, here's my question, though. If, if, he, if Abner knew these prophecies about David, why did he put Ishbosheth as king in the north in the first place? Everybody with me? Abner was the cause of the problem. Abner played both sides of the fence, but in the end, bloodshed, war, and everything that had happened was because of Abner. Abner knew the truth, but would not follow the truth. I know that is shocking to many people. But there are many people today who know that Jesus is the king. They know that Jesus is Lord, and they will not follow him. And for a while, that's what Abner did. And now his motives are in question. Who is this guy? Is he really sincere? Now, Abner also spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. This guy's everywhere kind of being David's spokesman. And in addition, Abner went to speak in the hearing of David in Hebron, verse 19. All that seemed good to, uh, to Israel and all to the house of Benjamin. All this seemed good. Abner was a good salesperson. He was a traveling salesman. He went and spoke here. He spoke there to this group and that group. And Abner and 20 men with him came to David at Hebron. And David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. There's a movie, I think it's out on Netflix right now. It's about the history of McDonald's. Have you guys seen this movie? And what's interesting about the history of McDonald's is that the guy that became the president of McDonald's was not the original founder of the restaurant. It was two brothers. The McDonald's brothers in San Bernardino started a single restaurant, came up with a whole system of doing things, of producing what we would call fast food. And a traveling salesman, I think he was selling milkshake machines at the time, saw their operation, stopped for a cheeseburger or was trying to sell them a milkshake machine and basically stole the name and the corporation from these two brothers. That's the history of McDonald's, by the way. It's sad. The two brothers 
realize that they've been basically duped by this man and they made some mistakes as well. And at the end of the movie, there's people who go to the original McDonald's and take their name off the building. They can't even use their own name anymore. Wow. I don't know how many of you eat at McDonald's, but if you do, you should just repent now. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to make commentary about where you should eat. But. So Abner and 20 men came with, uh, with him came to David at Hebron 20. David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. Abner said to David, let me arise and go and gather all Israel to my Lord, the king, that they may make a covenant with you, that you may be king over all that your soul desires. So David sent Abner away and he went in peace. From David's side, Abner was uh, a tool. And the kingdom was coming to David and that was right. That's what should have been happening. So David had a feast for him. There was peace, end of 21. Behold, the servants of David and Joab came from a raid, brought much spoil with them. Maybe uh, David had purposely sent Joab away. But Abner was not with David in Hebron. For he had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all the army that was with him arrived, they told Joab, saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king. He has sent him away, and he has gone in peace. Three times, verse 21, 22, 23, he's gone in peace. He's gone in shalom. He's gone in peace. Now, Joab has a little bit of revenge in his heart towards Abner. Do you remember Why? Abner killed Asahel, his brother. And he had been nursing revenge in his heart. He wanted to take Abner out. So he returns from a raid, and he gets word that Abner's just been feasting with the king. And not only that, but King David released Abner away in peace. Now, when Abner came back, he was thinking, or when Joab came back, he was thinking, Abner's just been right here? Are you kidding me? This guy is someone I want to deal with. Well, I'll say this. Even if you've been kind of like an Abner, you can have peace with the king because he dies while we are yet sinners. He died for us. He himself is our peace, Ephesians 2.14. So the ways of the king were peaceful with Abner, but Joab was having none of it. And Joab came to the king and he said, 24, what have you done? Behold, Abner came to you. Why then have you sent him away? And he is already gone. You know Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive you and to learn of your going out and coming in and to find out all that you are doing. Are you that naive king? Can you imagine how this is the commander coming to talk to the king? He's basically saying, what have you done? What is your problem? Don't you know that this man's my mortal enemy? Don't you realize he came to spy you out? He's trying to pull a coup here. He wants your throne. He wants to find out your maneuverings. Don't you see it, king? He wants to see all that you're doing. Psalm 120 says, In my trouble I cried to the Lord, and he answered me, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Psalm 120, verses 6 and 7 says, Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Have you ever tried to be a peacemaker in a family squabble? Sometimes you find referees in the middle of fights in baseball or hockey. I love the refs in hockey, though. The refs in hockey just stand there and let them pummel each other. Have you noticed that? 
Hey folks, I've been telling you about different ways that you can connect with Walk in Truth. And one of the ways you can do it through modern technology is download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll have access to all kinds of cool resources, including one thing I'm going to highlight today, which is a devotional. It's a video devotion I've done on, will God give you any more than you can handle? Question mark. I'm sure you've had that question. It's a five minute video devotion. It'll bless you. You can refer friends to it and hopefully it'll help you with your walk. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and check out the devotion today. God bless you. He wants your throne. He wants to find out your maneuverings. Don't you see it, King? He wants to see all that you're doing. Psalm 120 says, In my trouble I cried to the Lord, and he answered me, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Psalm 120, verses 6 and 7 says, Too long has my soul had its dwelling with those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Have you ever tried to be a peacemaker in a family squabble? Sometimes you find referees in the middle of fights in baseball or hockey. I love the refs in hockey, though. The refs in hockey just stand there and let them pummel each other. Have you noticed that? Bam, bam, bam. And then as soon as they fall on the ice, then they, I think they've learned. See, all the hockey players are missing teeth anyway, so the ref figures, you know what, I'll just wait. I want to keep my teeth. Right? Then they go down on the ground. This is what I used to do when my boys were younger. <laughs> Let them duke it out a little bit, and then, then you get involved. Anyway. <laughs> so, here's what's going on. Joab came out from David. He sent messengers after Abner, probably in the name of the king, 26. And they brought him back from the well of Syrah. But David didn't know about it. So when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into the middle of the gate, probably just outside the city gate, because Hebron was a city of refuge, by the way, to speak with him privately. So basically, Joab sends message, a message in the name of the king. He meets him. He says, hey, come over here. Let's have a conversation in private. Takes him apparently right outside the city gate, outside the city of refuge. And then here's what happens. He struck him in the belly so that he died on, the, on account of the blood of Asahel, his brother. Come here, come into my office for a second. But Joab had a sword and he thrust Abner through and Abner died. Now, all the morals here of the situation and revenge and all of that, we know Asahel died in a war. This was personal vengeance. The king is not going to approve of it, but Abner lived by the sword, and he died by the sword. You know, when you have somebody like an Abner, here's what happens. If you manipulate enough situations, inevitably it comes back to bite you, or in this case, to pierce you. And Abner was killed on the spot. And this guy was a great warrior. He was a commander, and he died. And afterward, David heard it. Uh, it says, when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab, 27, took him aside. He, he killed him, struck him in the belly, so that he died on account of the blood of Asahel, his brother, Joab's brother. Afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are innocent before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. This was not the king's way. The king's way is for peace. 
We know David did some stuff, but David was a man of peace. He wanted peace in his kingdom. This was not the way of the king. And so he says, may it fall on the head of Joab and all, on all his father's house. May there not fail from the house of Joab one who has a discharge or who is a leper or who takes hold of a distaff or who falls by the sword or who, or who lacks bread. David calls a curse down, down on Joab's house. Right down in your Bible, Deuteronomy 28, 25 through 29. These are curses that Moses had warned the children of Israel about. Now David calls a curse down on him. I wonder how many times in the kingdom of God the Lord looks from his throne, sees what we do to one another and just says, this is not my kingdom. I wonder how many non-Christians look at the church, look at sometimes the infighting that happens in the church and it gives them reason to not want to join or come and I wonder how many times from heaven the Lord says, this is not the way of my kingdom. Not to repay insult for insult, but to give a blessing instead. It's hard. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had put their brother Asahel to death in the battle at Gibeon. Gibeon. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, tear your clothes and gird on sackcloth and lament before Abner. And I think he forced Joab and uh, his brother Abishai to do the same. And King David walked behind the buyer. So now there's some sort of funeral procession that goes on. And I think that Joab is not happy about it. He doesn't want this man to have an honorable burial. How many of you have seen the movie Tombstone? Raise up your hand. It's a, it's a good cowboy Western movie. But I will warn you, it's very violent. And so here's what happens. Do you remember when... Uh, they kill the brother of Wyatt Earp and they're going out with a coffin. And you remember some of the attitudes that were going on there? Wyatt Earp turns to the cowboys and says, I want you to know it's over. And they look at him and they say, bye. Bye. See you later. People were laying in coffins, but the attitudes were terrible. I'm sure Abner was upset. David's walking behind this funeral procession. The, the nation is in many ways war. And thus they buried Abner in Hebron and the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner who really in many ways represented the house of Saul and all the people wept. I want you to notice the king as he leads the people even mourning somebody who had been his enemy. And the king, as we wind down, chanted a lament for Abner and said, should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, nor your feet and put in fetters as one falls before the wicked. You have fallen. And all the people wept again over him. In essence, David said, man, this, is, this was a mighty warrior. This was a, a, a good man on the battlefield. He fought hard. Maybe he wasn't a good man in the truest sense, but he was a warrior. Should he have died this way in a back alley, getting a, a knife in his stomach? Is this the way he should have gone out as a fool dies? I heard a pastor tell a story. He said one night he had a dream and he ended up in heaven. He had died in his dream and he was in heaven and God was speaking to him and the way he died in his dream, he said he returned back to his old lifestyle which involved drugs and he said he was back involved in drugs and drug dealing in the dream and he died of an overdose or died somehow connected to drug dealing. 
And he ended up in heaven by the grace of God. And God looked at him and said, this is everything I had for you in the years that were ahead of you if you had only obeyed me. If you had only got off the fence. The pastor said he woke up from this awful dream in cold sweat. It wasn't real. He had not returned back to his old lifestyle. He had not died in that way. But it was, it was a stark, sobering reality of what can happen if we get spiritually stupid. Saul, at the end of his life, said, I've played the fool. I've erred exceedingly. Then all the people came to persuade David to eat bread while it was still day 35. But David vowed, saying, May God do so to me, and more also, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun goes down. David fasted in light of what had happened. Now all the people took note of it, and it pleased them. Just as everything the king did pleased all the people. It was literally good in their eyes. So all the people and all Israel understood it spread all over the place far and wide that day that it had not been the will of the king to put Abner the son of Ner to death. Then the king said to his servants, apparently a smaller group here, do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And finally, he says, and I am weak today, though anointed king. These men, uh, David had to deal with a lot of stuff from them, these family members, as strong as a leader that he was, you look at the verse for a second. He says, though anointed as king, these men, the sons of Zuriah, are too difficult for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil. He's not going to do anything to these brothers in the moment. He's going to leave it to the Lord. But he says, I'm weak today, though I'm the king. Have you ever had a, a day during the week, or maybe you've had a week, or maybe... Maybe you feel it right now where you say, man, I feel weak today. Was David one of the strongest men that you could ever read about in all of history? I think so. He took on Goliath. He was mighty in battle. He was strong. But he said, because of what had happened in the nation, I am weak today. Look, it's okay if you have some days where you just say, I am weak today. Can I get a witness? That's okay to admit it, to say, I'm just not having a good day. I know all Christians often want to respond. When someone says, how you doing today? You say, praise the Lord, I'm doing great. But deep down, you may not be doing so great. David was willing to say, I'm weak today. This is not a good day. Now, one of the ways to help that is frozen yogurt. I've, I've discovered... <laughs> No, that's when we need the Lord's strength, right? But David says, I'm weak today. But here's, here's another way to translate this. David ESV translates it, I was gentle today. See, the two brothers were harsh, but I was gentle today. Now remember, David foreshadows the coming greater David, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. And if the ESV translates this correctly, I was gentle today, we, we know of Jesus, he is Gentle and lowly in heart, and in him you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, what's he say? And my burden is light. There's so many times when I go to the throne of God that I would expect that he would be harsh with me. You ever been there before? You come for the 459th time with the same issue. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I should not. I should have guarded my mouth. I'm sorry. 
and you expect maybe the Lord to hammer you over the head with, you should be sorry. Let's go out to the woodshed right now. But instead, he speaks grace into your life and you're like, Lord, you're, you're so good. You're so patient. That's the stuff of the kingdom. That's really what he wants us to be with others, but we struggle with that. He says, may the Lord repay. I'm going to leave it in the Lord's hands. Father, we've tackled a long chapter here, but there's so many good lessons from your word about how we should be living. This chapter ends with the king being gentle. He leaves judgment in your capable hands. Jesus, from the cross, you did not repay evil for evil or insult for insult, Peter says, but you kept entrusting yourself to him who judges righteously. It is so hard, Lord, for us to release our trust to you. When we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, when things haven't gone our way. And can we, can we just ask of you, Lord, to make us more like the greater David, more like Jesus? Make us stronger. And sometimes by becoming stronger, we have to, in some ways, become weaker to become stronger. We have to come to the end of our own resources. When we come to the end of ourself, it's been said, that's where God begins. Help us, Father, in our areas of weakness. Help us in our areas of pride. I'm going to ask you to do a little selah time with the Lord, a little time of reflection, a little time to pause. Right now, just pause, seek his face, and ask him what he would say to you. Sanctify Christ as king in your heart, as Lord in your heart. Always be ready to give in a defense, a reason for the hope that you have. Enthrone him as king in your heart. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure, God forbid, if you died tonight, you'd be in heaven. If you haven't trusted the finished work of Jesus on the cross, his triumphant resurrection from the dead on your behalf, if you haven't made him Lord and king of your life, do that today. It's something like this. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my pride. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my rebellion. Lord, I put my full trust in you as my Savior and my Lord. I want to follow you. But I want to trust in your finished work on the cross. Pray it if it's you. And your resurrection for my life. I, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my King, be my friend. Lead me in the way that you would have me to go. Lord, for all of those who are opening up their hearts to receive you for the first time, maybe to rededicate their lives, maybe to get a little bit closer as a Christian, may you do the work that only you can do in our hearts, Lord. And I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey folks, I'm excited to tell you about another way that you can connect with Walk in Truth. Download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll find a lot of cool resources. You'll be able to listen to messages. You can access devotionals and you can partner with Walk in Truth and help us reach more people. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and find a lot of cool resources there. I know it'll be a blessing to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.